0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature is the original and a remake. I saw what you did from 1965, and I saw what you did in 1988 of my 20-year Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Must have just been a bad connection
1: or something. That is the standard way to fix anything. It's just unplug it plug it back in.
2: Yeah, I mean, if on and off doesn't work. Right. Have you guys watched IT Crown yet? No. No. God damn it. I watched Spaced. You guys need to watch the IT crowd, god damn it. It's on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I only got so many napping hours in the day now. I can't spend it watching TV shows.
3: Yeah. Plus, I started re Comic Book Men by accident, so... Was it, I was going to say, did you
2: watch Spaced again this week?
3: <laughs>
1: I didn't, I almost, but... I almost did. <laughs> Doug almost did.
2: I was getting ready to say, because you can't complain about not having time to watch stuff if you're going to watch the entire series of Spaced every week.
3: <laughs> every week. So, <laughs> I did fi- well, I finished up the rewatch that I started last time we talked, but I didn't start it again, so that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> good times. Does anybody else do anything exciting this week? No. Me neither.
2: You know, what the, you know what the best part about the start of this show is? What? There's like no crazy political thing to talk about.
1: <laughs> oh, it's been so nice. <laughs> does
2: it doesn't feel just so good. It's just so good to not have just insane shit happening every week.
3: Did you guys see the, the my pillow guy when he was on uh, Newsmax and they kept reading their legal statement over him speaking to try to not get sued? <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty fun. Was, and eventually, fun. the the host guy just gave up. <laughs> yeah, he got up and walked off the set. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, was,
2: I mean, uh, that was
3: pretty good.
1: I did not, but I did watch uh, them make fun of that guy on uh, SNL. Oh yeah, and it was pretty hard to tell if if it was real or not.
3: Oh my pro- god, modern stuff.
1: <laughs> that. <laughs>
2: that cold open takedown of uh god what what the fuck's her name uh green taylor green good yeah they i mean they fucking eviscerated her (laughs) and i think it was worse than anything they'd ever done to trump and i mean and they've done some pretty low blows on trump but her, they basically just set her up and was like, these are the things she's actually said, and you were a fucking evil moron.
0: <laughs>
2: like, it was, I, I was like, that's fucking brutal. I bet that person sitting at home fucking fuming.
1: Yeah. It was probably better than what she did, what happened to her today, so she got uh, booted off all of her committees in uh, Congress. So... <sighs> She's a little less uh, dangerous.
2: At least she's not on the the only committee, so I know she was on like three, I think. And the only one I really care about is that she was on the education committee. Yeah. (laughs) Which, what the fuck?
3: Quite the country you guys have down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good times.
2: Let's talk about something much more fun than that. Like two movies that are Better man, pretty close to the same movie.
1: <laughs> Noah's was yeah. ready this week. He just wants to get the show on the road.
3: Yeah, he already for the listeners at home, he already yelled at us for not being ready to go fast enough when he showed up to the uh, call.
2: I did not. I just saw that you were both there, and I was like, oh, cool, I'm here, and then nobody responded, and I was like, did they leave? <laughs> they got here so early that they were waiting for me, and they were like, nah, fuck it, and like, wandered off into the desert.
1: Um, so, well, Noah, why don't you tell us about 1965's I Saw What You Did?
2: Uh, It is about uh, There is a girl and her little sister kind of out in a Super modern looking house that somehow, at the same time, is like a farmhouse. I'm not exactly. I, I think they shot the exteriors in two different locations because it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, rich rich right.
3: people rich people live out in the country and then they
2: with a with a ratty animals. little barn. The uh, yeah, because
3: they don't have they don't have farmers. They just have animals because they like having animals. Uh,
1: the exteriors were shot on a set. No, see that probably I think makes they, sense.
3: Very clearly on yeah. set, so it wasn't yeah. didn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah, if you looked at the shot, uh, I think as a car was pulling up or something, uh, you could tell the backdrop was like a painting.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Girl and her sister, their parents are going out to some kind of weird late
1: overnight this luncheon. Can we all say what what we know it is? They're fucking. They're they're doing swinger stuff, right? and They just couldn't say it. Cause it was I don't, no. Although I
2: think if that was happening in this film, it would have been more explicit. I don't know
3: because because we'll get into that in a minute. But uh,
2: so I, honestly, gotta, no,
3: I don't. I think it was not swinger stuff. I think they were just visiting friends, but the friends lived far enough I away know. that they thought they'd make it a an overnight visit. I, I don't. And, and Doug friend, Doug
1: can't read between the lines. It was it was 1965. You couldn't put a movie out with people swinging in it. And have it be a financial what? success?
3: Yeah, the the 60s were known for being such a button down time where nobody was having any free sex or free love.
1: I'm just saying, in, in corporate cinema, you
3: had to do what you had <laughs> to do. That's the William Castle movie. <laughs> corporate cinema.
1: Uh, That's,
2: it, I, I find it crazy that it's 1965. I was thinking that this would be earlier than that, but. No. Well, we'll, we'll discuss uh, all of that as we get through the plot. Right. So she's got a friend coming over for dinner until 1130. These people live their lives very late at night.
1: And you know what? And you know what those girls are doing. I mean, come on.
2: They're awesome. <laughs> <stuck there>. Brian uh, <laughs> keep his mind out of the
3: gutter this week. I know that much.
2: But basically they they stay up uh, uh, phone pranking people and get tied oh. up with a fucking murderer. And actually, remember, in some ways, caused the murder.
1: Remember remember when you could do this shit? You could just prank call people? Can't do yeah. that no more.
3: No. That stopped working a while ago.
1: <laughs> right. Uh,
2: yeah. But but that's pretty much it. They they decide to play a game where you just call random people and you say, you know, I saw what you did and I know who you are to to freak them out. And then instead they call one dude... Who basically, is like you saw me fucking. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you.
3: Yeah, that one, that one was pretty obvious. That one is not to the innuendo that Brian is trying to add to the
1: movie. Uh, I was
2: getting ready to say that was pretty fucking funny. I'll, I'll give him that because I, I feel like most of their attempts at humor in this are, is not very good. But that one, I was like, he, go, he goes. You did? How did you do that? It's nothing sacred anymore. And then he uh, hangs up the phone and starts making out with his wife again.
1: <laughs> Great. I gotta say though, the prank is a good one.
3: It's a fun one. I would I, I honestly kind of wish that everybody's <laughs> phone didn't automatically display every number now, because I think I would love to do this to someone.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: Yes, I am a man in my 40s who still wants to make prank phone calls because I think it'd be funny. Because
1: everybody's got something. It may not be anything like, you know, murdering your wife, as we find in this movie. But it could be something where you would take at least a second and be like, "Uh, are they talking about that one thing?
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And if you like if you did it the way they do it, where they call back the same number later and do it again. Uh-huh. oh you could really fuck with somebody you could really drive somebody nuts yeah I really thought
2: that that one's pretty good the dark one that very first prank call where she basically calls and pretends to be another woman waiting for this lady's husband to come beat her yeah. it's like, she might have just fucking got them divorced she might have <laughs> like that's
3: not that's not a prank that is hardcore that's pretty good yeah. I liked it I thought it was fun man <laughs> what about the one where the, the little girl calls and pretends to be crying and asking for her, somebody to come pick her up? And it acts like she dialed the wrong number and doesn't have another quarter to call the next or dime, I guess, in the 60s to call the next. I, I, I'm like, that's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, that's like I was I I don't know. Part of me just could have watched them make prank phone calls on it.
3: <laughs> I, like, I was really enjoying it. It was like it was. Kind of like silly in a '60s kind of way, which makes sense. But it was like fun to watch, and I was like, just, and there, there was an innocence to it where you're just like, they're just kids having fun, whatever. So was, have their fun. So I've got,
2: I've got questions about this film. Well, I guess that there's also a subplot of the, the killer guy. He like kills his wife, and then he has a landlady or something who's older that he fucked once and now she wants him even though she knows he's a murderer it's a, that's a whole convoluted mess but played the important by the, thing is they uh, get tied up
1: Yeah, pl- played by Joan Crawford yeah Joan Crawford apparently this was her last American film she made a couple more in England but <laughs> this was her last uh...
3: worked with William Castle once and was like hey get the fuck out of here
1: she worked with him multiple times Uh she made uh was it homicidal and I think the movie straight jacket I bought like a double feature blu-ray that has two of her William Castle movies on it and I haven't watched them yet well now I want to watch
3: them I'll tell you that much after watching this
2: one yeah so I was going to say Brian you might know this since you're you're a slightly more of a movie uh connoisseur than i am is this post haze code uh that i have no idea because i assume so but the strangest so. the strangest thing of this whole movie is that these two teenage girls are portrayed as just being ravenously horny at the drop of a hat and it's um, that is just bizarre to see in a black and white movie that's not pre haze code you know what i mean pre haze code yeah. That 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 kind of shit was not unusual, you know. But
1: uh, a movie
2: from the fifties or sixties doing that was it, it threw me for a loop. I was like, "What
1: in the fuck?" From, from what terrible. I'm from what I'm reading, the Hayes Code officially died in 1968. Yeah, uh, but it looks like they were loosening up uh, some of the stuff beforehand. Okay.
2: So, I was gonna say it, it had to be because just I, the the shit that they're saying. I was like, I cannot believe how overtly sexualized they're making these two teenage girls, and not them. not portraying it negatively either. They're just like, they're. nope, girls be horny, yo.
1: Oh nope, they're, here they're I, I found something up. else. The Haze Code was abandoned in 1965 in favor of the age-based rating system. Okay, well there so, we go.
0: Yeah
3: well still though this movie would have been made this be like the first one that came out this was the test well whatever i mean i'm less concerned with that what i was impressed by watching the movie is that the teenage girls are acting like teenage girls yeah that's how i like you know what i mean like even like some of the stuff like you're saying where it's like okay they stayed out like the the kids wanted to have a sleepover while their parents were out of town and the other dad's like no you're not sleeping over at your friend's house when there's no adults there I'll come pick you up at like 1130 that felt like a real teenager thing to me like that's something like you know kids try to get away with that because they don't they want to just be unsupervised and then the parents are like no but we'll let you stay out a little later and we'll come get you like uh, it all felt very real to me
1: yeah
2: and then yeah. you know,
3: and then they get there, and it's like, oh, great, we can do whatever we want because we have no parents. What do you want to do? And it's like, I'll prank phone calls because that's what we've got. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's, but that that feels like what teenagers do. It's like, I remember like that all the time, being like, be like, my parents are like you got to be home by a certain time. Like, I can't. I got to stay out really late. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, I oh, don't. Me and my friends are gonna sit around in a coffee shop and talk shit to each other. So I can't. I can't let that go. I got to stay out till four in the morning doing that.
0: <laughs> that's
3: it, 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 it felt very real.
2: Yeah, I would say I I only so this film I only really have one major complaint because I'll, I'll forgive the the convolutedness of the plot lines because they have to really really work to get that killer to that house,
1: <laughs>
2: which oh. is <laughs> but uh the, man the music is fucking awful the music's awful it,
0: it
1: is a it's, weird like Brady Bunch sort of like
2: yeah it is totally
1: set,
2: it is set totally against, fucked
1: yeah set against you know scenes where a guy just murdered his wife in the shower and then cut to exteriors and Brady Bunch theme and then back to the, whatever the girls are doing
2: yeah and fairly fairly brutally too for once again for yeah. black and white movie it's it comes off very very violent
3: yeah, yeah well, it's the, uh, an homage to the. We'll call it homage, not ripoff, because I enjoyed the movie, to the, the psycho, psycho kill. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, it's very yeah. clear the stabbing in oh, the yeah. shower. and the, For some reason, they did it wrong and they had the guy be the
1: naked one, which is. Well, the, from what I read, they wanted to do it, like, sort of backwards, where the guy br- pulls a girl into the shower to kill her, rather yeah. than a guy entering the shower to kill her. Yeah.
3: It worked. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. it was a very effective kill for a 1965 kill. Like
2: It was all right. Did you guys understand what the fuck was exactly supposed to have been going on in that bathroom? What does that mean? When the wife goes into the bathroom, the bathroom's like trashed and there's like some sheer cloth that it looks like maybe he's been cutting up with a
1: knife or something? Uh, the way I interpreted it was that, uh, They were ending things, obviously, and he went into the bathroom into a rage while she was packing up her clothes, and then, you know, the phone call happened, and then she went in to tell him, hey, there's a phone call, and he was so mad that he just knifed her.
2: No, That's no, fine. I get, the, I get the knifing bit, but why I'm saying is when she goes into the bathroom, the bathroom's already trashed. Yeah, I think
1: yeah, I, I think he, he's been in there raging about them breaking up or separating or whatever you want to say it. He kind of went in, and was trashing the bathroom, and then got in the shower for whatever explicable reason. Okay,
2: I mean, may, maybe yeah. I, I don't yeah. know because the wife didn't seem too upset until she went into the bathroom and then she was like this isn't normal ah! yeah. and i was uh, i was like yeah i get that trash bathroom isn't normal but i don't understand what he was doing because it doesn't look exactly like he just was in there flailing and smashing stuff it looks like he took a knife and was <laughs> s- fucking slicing up. up a 90 or something i don't know the, the whole that whole fucking thing was
3: just I, I don't think it, I don't. I think the I think what Brian's saying is what they were trying to portray. And I think to your point that they just didn't show it very well. That that's not what a trash bathroom looks like. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, think nah,
1: he I'm pretty, sure, in there just I'm pretty like, sure there's like shit like tearing it up.
2: Yeah, I'm I, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure there's a coat rack on the floor. Yeah, why is yeah, there they, a coat rack in the bathroom?
1: They probably put their well, robes they, and stuff on it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Where do you put your was, it was 1965 on, on a on a hook like all bathrooms have well
1: they hadn't invented hooks yet
2: <laughs> they, had, they hadn't <laughs> figured out the technological marvel that is the wall mounted <laughs> hook
1: that's right. that's right um so so how do we feel about uh the girl's deciding well he seems awesome let's just look up his address here in the old phone book which kind of weirds me out now that I think about it, that there was a book that just had everybody's address in it. Isn't it weird? Not that
3: long ago. I just, oh. I just literally, like, a couple of days before I watched this movie, I was, like, cleaning out an old drawer, and there was, like, an old phone book in there, and I took it through it in the recycling bin. And I'm like, I remember those things. And then I watched this movie, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, I was going it, to – it's funny because
2: now – we think of privacy in such a in such different terms, yeah. where, you know, everybody's talking about how invasive things like Facebook are—that all these people have access to, you know, our pictures and and all. Ooh, and it's like, yeah, but you used to be able to just get all of somebody's personal information out of a publicly available book. It was just a book. They had them on chains in public places. <laughs> Stalking back yeah. then must have been so
1: easy compared to
0: now. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's so weird. um But yeah, these I... girls like looking up his address and just driving over to his house.
2: Well, they drive there, and and once again, they're not too subtle about the fact that that one girl's kind of like, I'm gonna go fuck this
3: guy. I... <laughs> yeah, like she's she she's definitely like. uh <laughs> it's funny because she starts off with like, no, I'm not going to. And then she's like, you guys just wait here. Just, just going inside. To fuck that guy.
1: <laughs>
3: it's, it's rather entertaining the way it plays out.
1: And then even before I'm going to go fuck this guy, let's go peep through his windows for a while. Right.
3: She I wanted to see, see what he mind looks mind. like i didn't find that part to be like too weird it was like when she got out of the car is what i'm like "Ooh, you're crossing a line now the idea of of, like teenage girls giggling and hearing a voice and being like he sounds handsome i want to go look at him i I understood that part
1: sure but it's just weird seeing like a teenage girl like it should be the opposite like teenage girls skulking around outside of his house in the dark it should be some weird creepy old man Creepy
3: creepy old man skulking around the girls house yeah, and They do get to that.
1: They do. I do like how they set up a bunch of stuff where they're just walking around the property and they're like, oh, yeah, we come in here into this garage and the door sticks. So we get stuck in here.
3: Yeah, it's it's a it's pretty heavy handed how they're setting everything up. Right. <laughs> I was I was
2: really, really worried about this movie because the, the opening scene that's the two girls talking on the phone and it's kind of done through this weird camera trick that makes it look like two eyes and one's on one and one's on the other sure uh but the acting in that one particular scene because it's not that bad in the rest of it so bad and i don't because it's like uh and it's a product of the time it's that stage acting thing that people used to do in, in yeah. movies that doesn't translate well to film yeah
1: with the uh, like, Gidget goes to the beach, like type music over top of it.
2: Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this movie's gonna be shit." <laughs> well, what and did it you out think of to, And it turned out not to be shit. It's all right. All
1: right. So I was gonna say, what did everybody actually think of it? I guess. I guess we didn't really get that. <laughs> if anybody actually likes this movie or not. That's
2: what I'm saying. I got. I I have issues with it. You know, the like I said, the music is no bueno it it throws the whole fucking movie off i agree and and it's got its issues that are more a product of time than anything you know what i mean it's it's a black and white 1960s movie so it's (laughs) it's that which isn't always the best thing but some people like it more than others and besides that, I thought all the performances were good, like bar bar that opening scene, which I don't I don't know if maybe that was added. Like after the, the film was wrapped or maybe that's the first thing they did or something, because those two girls give much better performances the rest of the movie.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah especially during the phone calls. Right. Like, sort, of, sort of the main girl gets this weird. Weird look on her face when she's doing it; like she really gets into into her role, where she's just like, well, <laughs> that's, "That's what I'm saying." She, she gets all
2: she gets all who you are. breathy, and lip bitey <laughs> and horny. It's like I said; it's it threw me so fucking off. Whenever I I was like, "What in the fuck?" It feels like like I told you guys on Discord; it feels like something out of a 1980s movie. Like, this is the way that girls would be portrayed, like, except they would both be wearing see-through tops and, like, touching yeah. each other appropriately if it was the 80s. Yeah. And, pl-
3: and played by significantly older girls to make it all seem a little more fun and less creepy.
2: Right, right, right. They would all be <laughs> yeah. 35. Yeah,
3: I, I have to say, I really liked this movie. I, and I'm a little bit surprised by how much I liked it. Um, because I thought, you know the music and with that opening scene i was like oh we're we're, we're one of these movies right like we're into one of these like 60s teen movies that i'm not necessarily a fan of and then i you get into it and i found that some of the storytelling was a lot more complex than most films from this era where there was like you know like a little bit of a convoluted plot which is again sometimes better than an overly simplistic plot and I thought the uh, the climax was actually pretty tense, and it worked pretty well. There's a a cool mislead scene in the climax that I'm sure we'll discuss that I thought worked really well and threw me right off. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm actually wanting to track down more William Castle stuff now because I'm not that familiar with his work. Oh, really? Yeah, I know more by reputation.
1: Yeah, I have have like a...
3: Castle was the one who
2: liked to do big... uh, Production things, right? Like not not yeah. in the movie, but when his movies were released, he always liked to do weird shit.
0: Yeah, well, he, it,
1: he was he's the one that the movie Matinee is sort of based off of. Right. um He
3: used we to do a lot of a podcast, right?
1: No, because oh. I own it on Blu-ray, but I've never actually sat down and watched it.
2: You never seen Matinee?
1: No, it's one oh. it's one that I, I missed, but I've oh. I've wanted to see, which is why I picked it up uh, oh. when they put out a, new collector's edition but motherfucking john uh, good son castle yeah castle is known for uh, gimmicks in the theater um, like he did uh, house on haunted hill Vincent price and then of course at the end of that movie a yeah. skeleton comes up out of the acid pit and in, in the theater they would have a skeleton that would fly over the audience when that happened and kind of freak everybody out uh, the tingler they had all the um buzzers favorite. on the seats and okay. stuff and uh for this one he actually had two gimmicks that he used they were a little little more toned down to fit the movie which i think <laughs> is appropriate uh so he used a gimmick uh to promote the movie he put a plastic phone near each of the theater entrances where the audiences would come in and out and they put up uh, like a number they, they could call and they were supposed to reach a message that would say i saw what you did and i know who you are But apparently the phone lines were, like, super jammed, so they eventually had to, like, cancel it because people just kept calling over and over and over again. Oh, really? And, uh, I mean, it's a good promotion, I guess, but (laughs) it was just, like, too much.
3: Did you guys guys watch this on Archive? Yeah. Yeah, did yeah. you watch through the credits and see the like kind of bonus features at the end?
2: Yeah, 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 where they have
3: the yeah. castle stuff. I like that. I like that because it's William Castle claiming that he, the world premiere will be at this very theater, but he never mentions yeah. the name of the theater or the name of the town. So quite <laughs> clearly, not. that promo was used everywhere, and they claimed <laughs> that they were always doing the world premiere, which made me laugh because that's a yeah. Lloyd Kaufman move.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. And plus, he said he was going to be there, and I'm sure. Sure, somebody would be like, oh, yeah, you, know, you just missed him. He walked by. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other gimmick he used was he had, like, seat belts installed yeah. so that you would not be shocked out of your seat during this movie.
3: <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, bought, like shit a, like that now.
1: I bought, like, a collection of his stuff from a, a movie, from a distributor called Indicator, which mainly uh runs out of the uk but all their stuff is region free and uh i think it'd be a good excuse to go back there and watch some more i have to put some more stuff on the list
2: that sounds about I'm, trying, right. I'm trying to remember i think in matinee the whole joke is that they're getting ready to premiere a movie and i think it's called mant yes m-a-n-t it, 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 it's like a fly <laughs> knockoff uh-huh. yeah
3: and they have a guy running through the theater in a giant costume and everything and these kids are yeah. blocked in the bomb shelter underneath. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah totally when we uh, were doing our double features back of the day for drunken zombie we showed house of haunted hill and we could obviously couldn't string up a skeleton to fly over the crowd but when that scene happened we just had West run out with a skeleton on a stick like wave it around. got a, got a pretty big ovation from the audience
2: i would have just had randy fucking just chuck a skeleton (laughs) being someone in the head with it
1: um yeah i mean i think i agree with both of you like this this is the first time i've seen this one i had seen the 80s one before um but yeah i was kind of surprised it was from the 60s because i feel like some of the content is a little bit more ahead of its time but then like we, we said the music and stuff makes it feel Weirdly fifties?
3: Well, when you think about it, like the sixties is a really weird era of filmmaking because we all know like what the seventies is and we all know what the fifties is, but the sixties is sort of this mix. It was this transition period. Mm -hmm. And you know, so we like we referenced Psycho earlier, which is like a relatively tame movie. It's a really good movie, but it's it's tame and calm. And then you figure by sixty-eight, Night of the Living Dead is coming out. It's like Mm -hmm. So this being somewhere in the middle of there, you're like, yeah, they they were pushing boundaries for sure in filmmaking and they were finding oh. new ways to kind of shock audiences and things. And this is this one did it, I think, by just putting real teenagers on screen. And I think that is that comes across as shocking because everything else seems so fake in filmmaking back then.
2: Well mm-hmm. just hearing those girls go, He's a swinger. Oh, he wants you so bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. William Castle did the original Thirteen Ghosts too. Just looking through his IMDb.
3: Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, distract you with our discussion of this movie.
1: It's well, fun. I just mean, I'm just... trying to, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else about this movie? I mean, it, it, for as much as we're talking about it, it is kind of a simple movie. It's pretty straightforward. Like they they accidentally call a killer, and he thinks that they know what happened. So he's like, "Well, fuck these bitches." I mean, do we I, do
2: we want to talk about the, the little red herring twist at the end of the movie? I suppose you can't really spoil a movie from 1965.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it.
2: Uh, in which she's getting into the car to try to escape, and the, the sister is running toward her, and as she gets to the edge of the garage, this pair of hands grabs her. And so you think that the guy's got the... The sister, and then she's in the car trying to start the car, and you see the hand come up over the back, and you're like, "Wait, how the fuck did he get into the car?" <laughs> she's
3: she's been in there this whole time. I fucking loved that moment, and it was like when he started coming up from the back seat. I'm like, "Holy shit, what the hell?" Like I was, my mind was blown for a second. I'm like, "What is going on?" And then I'm like. If I like, you know, you just have like those couple of seconds, but you get a bunch of thoughts in a row. I'm like, did, did they completely fuck up this movie? Because I was really enjoying it. But if they put him in the back seat of the car, Andy's on the outside. I'm gonna be very upset. And then like, I couldn't figure it out. And then obviously the reveal comes that she was grabbed by the the dad, and it's like, okay. Yeah. What about that cop showing up in the nick of time and just shooting the killer in the back of the head? Yeah. That's a gutsy cool Firing I, into a car. I don't know what's going on. Wrestling i was yeah, gonna say the
2: funny the funny thing is that's that feels like uh it's a little before it's time to because that very much feels like the end of a 1970s movie where they're just like movie over <laughs> like the cop <laughs> shoots the guy
3: end of movie yeah we're done here
1: go home <laughs>
3: these children are in no way shape or form traumatized by this everybody will simply move on yeah, they just do like, get the with the speech at the end about how making prank phone calls is wrong. It's like there's still maybe that's part of that code <laughs> era where they're like, maybe we just need to remind kids that even though the teenagers in the movie made prank phone calls, you shouldn't do this at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that they're like, Well, he's dead now. And then the old older sister just puts her hand on the younger sister's like shoulder and they just turn around and walk into the house. That's yeah.
3: it. We're done here. <laughs> 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 But, you know, what do you get
1: huh. Uh Well, what you do is... Well, do you have anything else about this?
3: No, I, I really like this movie. I'm gonna, I, I want to rewatch it.
1: Nice. Uh, well, what you do is, is you uh, remake it in 1988. And, you, and put it as a, a TV movie, which after watching this, I'm like, yeah, this could be a TV movie. Like, there's no real, like, blood or gore in it in the story i mean you could tell like a interesting uh sort of weird psychological cat and mouse type thing i guess
2: <laughs> i was um, going to say do we do we need to do a plot synopsis cuz <laughs> they're the like there are differences <laughs> but they're the same movie like yeah even even a lot of the jokes and the stuff are the same you can tell whoever was pinned to direct this They were one of two things. They were either a huge fan of the original movie, or they were just lazy.
1: Well, the interesting thing is, uh, this is based off a book. And I'm currently reading a book called uh, Are You Alone in the House? Uh, Like a compendium of made-for-television movies from like the 60s through 2000. And so they actually talk about this one a little bit, where they're saying... It's not so much a remake of the movie as a readaptation of the book? So I'm curious how close the book follows to just that structure. It's
2: interesting that yeah.
3: they say it's it's a
2: readaptation of the book. I it mean, is. if that's if that's the case, they've both got to be real close adaptations of that book because yeah. the lines, like I mean, a lot
1: of the lines are word for word. Yeah, it's uh, so about the only difference, I guess, is. Um, the guy they call is a musician. And they add a lot of weird backstory to him where his brother's there and... Uh, I
3: found, yeah, that was the weird part to me was the brother because instead of it being like the woman that he's now sleeping with despite his wife having, moved, you know, was moving out at the beginning of the movie, this is... He proposes to a girl, she says no and then he kills her and then... His brother is there and his brother just keeps hanging around. And it's like, it's weird. Like at one point, his brother goes and takes a shower. He just goes to the brother's (laughs) apartment to take a shower. That's not normal behavior.
1: Well, I think the insinuation was he's uh, he's here from out of town. I didn't
2: get that. I was I was going to say, I think it kind of makes sense by the end, just because once you find out that Robert Carradine's character has had a lot of. Mental issues in the past. It yeah. is. It's pretty obvious that he just lost his job, and he's all this stuff's going on. And the brother is concerned about him having a yeah. mental relapse, which obviously he already has. Yeah, I guess yeah, that I
1: thought, makes I, sense, I, but... I thought when he showed up, he said that he was because it sounded like he was planning on coming up for some. Like he had like a business trip or something in a couple of weeks and he was going to come stay with him while he was on his business trip but then he just showed up and he's like oh he got moved up early and then we found out later of course that he had specifically shown up because uh, his now dead girlfriend had called him and said that he was having problems so he should come talk to him okay, well, it's not I it's not important I, but that's yeah. kind of why he was just hanging around was because my my uh, understanding was that he was from out of town. And so, you know. Yeah, I, didn't him, I didn't
3: get that he was from out of town. Though, just... yeah.
1: Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh,
3: I, I was I was going to say, I can
2: say one glaring problem with this movie right out the gate for me. I, you guys know me and my love for bad movies. But there is one particular type of bad movie that I do not enjoy at all. And that is Lifetime Movie of the Week style films. And that okay. is 100 fucking percent what this goddamn movie is.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of the point of these movies.
2: Ugh. Oh, it's so it's so awful in so many ways. And it's got two people I love in it. It's got both the Carradines. It's a Carradine double dip. <laughs>
1: you
2: th- you'd think that that would be able to pull this movie back up from those dregs, but maybe it's fucking Candace Cameron dragging it back down.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should talk about... Uh, so, yeah, this is 1980s version, um, and Shawnee Smith plays our lead teenager, and it, uh, I guess the assumption is they just moved to the area. Yes, and uh, she's trying. Yeah, she's trying to make friends with the girl at school. Invites her over, and this girl is basically just using her to have sexy time with her boyfriend with- without her parents knowing about it. Yeah. Um. And then Candace Cameron's the younger sister. No, uh, no mom. They play up that the mom died a long time ago.
3: Yeah.
1: And then yeah, Robert Carradine of Revenge of the Nerds fame and David Carradine because uh, my guest is Robert Carradine is like look I'm doing this made for TV movie it's not a Revenge of the Nerds film it would really help me out if you'd come <laughs> be in this movie with me get some so more fun. eyes on it because he's billed as like special appearance by David Carradine yeah
3: even though he's in a significant chunk of the movie uh, right? I was surprised how much he was in it all things considered like because it does show up as you know <laughs> like He's a special guest star, even though it's a movie. But, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, I don't know. I think maybe maybe part of the problem is, so Robert Carradine does have this infectious charisma whenever he's playing an upbeat character. And, like, even even in uh, some of the horror-y stuff that he makes little cameos and stuff in, He's he might play like a psycho, but it's always this upbeat smiley guy that kind of you get into that character. And in this, he's such a fucking downer. And he speaks so softly with his soft soft Robert Carradine voice that I don't I don't know. There's something so incredibly unappealing about that character.
1: Oh.
2: It's problematic. He's he's boring. In in a movie where he's supposed to be like the dangerous killer guy you're kind of like meh. <laughs> uh
1: oh well, holy shit so we were looking everywhere for the original uh i saw what she did and i guess they put it out on blu-ray which i was not aware of because hmm. it was really hard to find
3: you just sent me a link to archive and i just watched it there i think i yeah. already knew it was there um previous but then you were kind enough to just give me the link so i just clicked it and hit play or didn't really think of much about
1: yeah. it yeah i'm just saying it wasn't like you couldn't like rent it anywhere it's not on any of the streaming channels at all so i'm just surprised it's on blu-ray i had no idea okay. um, but that's neither here nor there uh so they traded the dog for doberman in this version because
3: yeah, well, they 1980s. had 80s <laughs> it up yeah they yeah. 80s it up in the like that's that's the obvious example the fact that the the, the quote-unquote bad girl is just trying to sleep with her boyfriend is a very 80s thing um, you know the, the music that that guy plays we we'll use music in air quotes is a <laughs> very 80s like it's the fact that they moved it to like the city so that he can be in like this cool condo it, it, they, they definitely yeah like it's yeah. not just the hairstyles that make it feel like a different era they were doing their best to make sure everybody knew this was a made-for-tv movie from 1988
1: um and since it's the 80s we also have to introduce a uh, um not even a red herring like i don't know what he would be a mango just the, the, man. the, the creepy just... mango guy dude who apparently sells fruit from his farm down down just... the street down the yeah. road
3: this will be all right last week we gave people all this strong advice on why you shouldn't eat at stroop clubs guess what if a guy yeah. just dirty looking guy just shows up your door selling fruit maybe you got to buy some to make him go away but that's not fruit you want to be eating just fucking <laughs> don't eat fruit that that guy sells you if he just comes knocking at your door unannounced one day like hey i got this fruit you don't want to buy it
1: <laughs> well i think this proves that you should at least buy it because you never know when you're gonna be stuck on top of your house and it's on fire
3: But okay and so
1: <laughs> you need him let's ta- to show up out of nowhere and catch you
3: but here's the thing he shows up out of nowhere and tries to catch you and then doesn't <laughs> So there's the whole scene of him showing up and like they introduce the character and he tries to sell them the fruit and then he leaves. And then at the end of the movie, they're like climbing out of their house after it's been lit on fire by the killer guy. And he is like, you guys jump down to me. And then they don't jump and then the roof collapses and they're fine anyway.
0: And
3: so why, why is that character there then? He just... (laughs) <laughs> he basically his whole role in the whole movie is to try to sell the mangoes and then later he picks the little girl up after she falls off through and carries her over and puts her down by the police car and that's it <laughs> it's like whose little brother needed a role in the movie what <laughs> <laughs> mom said if you're gonna make a made for tv movie you have to put your little brother in it fine he can be the mango guy <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, Ron Howard still puts Clint Howard in stuff, because he's smart he sure as his does. parents tell him to. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so our killer is also a firebug. We find that out.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's his big thing. Apparently he killed, killed their parents by uh, setting the house on fire or some shit.
3: Yeah, it's kind of alluded to. We don't get all the details, so...
1: And then is uh, gonna is gonna kill his brother, and then I guess kill himself um, by lighting the place on fire. Doesn't obviously, but then, but then, yeah, sets their house on fire.
2: Yeah, at least the at least him being a pyromaniac makes one scene make sense. The scene where he's gonna. Uh, Burn David Carradine. He opens that closet and grabs that gas can. And I don't know if you guys paid attention, but that whole fucking closet is filled to the brim with those gas cans.
3: Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's funny.
2: Like you can only you're 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 only seeing them in profile, so it's just the the red with the yellow stripe at the top and bottom. But yeah, if you look behind it, the whole closet filled from floor to ceiling with gas cans and i was so confused when that scene in the movie happens i was like wait why does he have a closet full
1: of gas cans (laughs) you just needed like a pane of glass like in front of in front of the door it says like break in case of mental breakdown or something
3: (laughs) So, on a slightly more serious note, what did you guys... Did you guys prefer the version of the story where the guy just sort of snapped and killed his wife? Or the version of the story where the guy is this maniacal killer? Because I kind of like the original better. I like the idea that this is a guy yeah. who just kind of snapped, did something stupid, and then he gets this phone call, and that's when he kind of... Like, is he's oh, yeah. trying to just trying to cover up for this one thing he's done, as opposed to this guy who has a history of violence and is a you know just keeps gas cans in his house for the next time he has to kill somebody, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I I think I prefer the original too. Uh, i had seen this version when it was ran on TV back in the day, and I remembered a couple of things from it. Um, but on a rewatch, especially comparing the two, um. feel like there's a little bit more wrong with this movie than there is the other movie yeah and maybe the 60s setting just puts it in a nice quaint like out of time sort of setting for me whereas this is 80s to the most 80s
3: yeah the story still works in the 80s like i think that's that element's fine i just feel like it's more the Like I say, I don't I don't like the I don't love the idea that he's this psycho that they happen to call. Yeah. Because you feel like in all those girls did was draw the attention to themselves. He would have just been killing somebody else if if it hadn't Mm -hmm. been for that. And that's less interesting to me. And you know. Maybe in like a a slasher style movie that would be more fun, right? Like but in Mm -hmm. this more of a kind of I guess a thriller, I would prefer it to be I preferred that the other guy wasn't as good at tracking them down and stuff because it, it makes more
1: sense. Um I think I like uh I like the idea of the other guy, the original guy that he's just having a horrible day, which is a weird way to t- talk about killing his wife.
0: <laughs> no, but
1: yeah. like he's, he snaps, kills his wife because she's going to leave him and then he's like, "Fuck, I fucked up." But at least this weird lady next door who wants to jump me is going to help me fix all this and then he tries to fix it and yeah gets a random phone call I saw what you did ah, ah fuck now I got to clean this up yeah and you know he's just trying to like clean up his problems of his day and it just all keeps going completely wrong
3: yeah I think that's just a more interesting story than this guy is just a psychopath who's yeah. going to snap at any point and they happen to call them. I don't know. I don't know why I find it more interesting exactly, but I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I agree.
3: I can't say
2: my, my favorite scene is the same scene in both movies and that's mm-hmm. the one where the killer finally gets to the girl's house and, like, kind of has her at his mercy and then realizes that she's just a kid and believes her. Whatever she says, no, we were just making prank phone calls. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we fucked with you, but and yeah. then goes to leave, and in both cases, so it must be the way it happens in the book. You know, he's outside the door, kind of catching his breath, realizing he was just getting ready to kill a kid for no reason. And then they call the police, and he hears something, so he has to be
3: like, well, fuck! <laughs> God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, I, it's, I was gonna let you go.
3: You know, you know, though I think you you might be helping me make my point because doesn't that scene make a lot more sense when it is a guy who's just trying to clean up his mistake, rather than a guy who is a, an experienced psycho killer? Like, why why would the guy who already murdered his own parents and just keeps gas in the house for casual day-to-day well, murder? I,
2: why would I he don't know so if him? the insinuation is that he murdered his parents intentionally. They just said he, he set a bunch of fires, and one of those fires resulted in the death of his parents. So I'm assuming he was... Just the type of kid who liked to light things on fire, burned down his house. Uh,
3: maybe, I don't know. But I mean, certainly everybody. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I got. I, that's not the impression I had from the movie, but I can't really explain why. So maybe I just interpreted it a certain way. What about the fact that he lights <laughs> that <laughs> house on fire, and apparently he's not good at that either? Because at the end of the movie, they just go inside and go to bed. <laughs> What's that? Anybody else pick up on that?
1: Oh yeah, I didn't even realize the house, that the
3: house is on fire. But then, like all the cops show up, and then the dad comes home, and then you, like they have the same kind of thing where they end the movie with a speech about how you shouldn't make prank phone calls, and then dad just goes to sleep in with the younger daughter because she's scared. Which is, and I'm just like, but you're just in the house that was on fire like three minutes ago in movie time. <laughs> what well, happened? You was have it to the give, house or was it? Robert the...
2: Carradine, one thing. Apparently he's very, very good at pouring a straight line of gasoline and lighting it very quickly.
1: <laughs> well, was it the house or was it the garage, I guess? Or was it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember now. Cause then they go hide in the garage with a car.
3: At one point they did, yeah.
1: But I don't yeah, I don't remember. Is that
3: what was on fire?
1: Maybe. I don't know.
3: I thought it was the house because they came out on that light. Like, the roof over the porch at the front kind of thing oh yeah that's where the guy was trying to get them to jump down from
1: I don't know fuck this movie it fucked up
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> and why did
2: Mango Dude show up again
0: <laughs> dude he's has he been, hardcore has right? he
2: been lurking outside their house this entire movie cause He's dangerous. He's just as his, dangerous as Carradine.
3: His whole business is selling mangoes to people that are walking distance from his house. He's got to keep coming back lots of times a day if he's going to keep that farm afloat. Mm. Yeah. Every, every um, meal he shows up and tries to convince them they want mangoes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: How, how did we feel by the little stinger at the end where the phone rings and it's David Carradine this time and he's like, I know what you did. You killed my brother.
3: Yeah, I didn't like. First of all, don't set up your made-for-TV movie for a sequel because made-for-TV movies don't often get sequels. Um, <laughs> and secondly, I don't know. I just didn't
1: didn't work. It
3: did like the whole movie? He's there trying to prevent violence, and then the minute his brother loses, he's like, "Nope, now I'm gonna snap." That didn't work for me. And I don't I, know. I, I guess I I, I partly because. I'm watching these two movies back to back and i like the ending of the other one. And I'm just like, just let us have our happy ending. It's unimportant. To have
2: is, it stay- is it weird that I think this movie could have been drastically improved simply by switching the Carradine's roles have, have David Carradine uh, be no. the, the crazy killer guy and have Robert Carradine be the brother trying to take care of
1: him. No, I think that'd be good actually.
3: That's, that's what yeah, I'm saying. It, it would be so much don't better. I just want to watch David Carradine play guitar for 10 minutes.
1: <laughs>
3: and I think it'd be a little harder to convince us that, like, the Shawnee Smith character is, like, sneaking in there to see him.
2: Jesus. I was going to say, at least it's not uh, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> God damn it, I can't even say it out loud. I, I, at least it's not 1970s. David Carradine because then he, not only would he be play, playing guitar for five minutes in the movie he'd be doing it like shirtless and a thong
3: <laughs> he might have a shirt on just completely unbuttoned and open and flowing in the wind that would be there for some reason <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that
1: hey at least, at least it's not uh, 2000's David Carradine where he's strapped up in a closet
3: alright alright let's move on <laughs> Now
2: you made me sad. <laughs> at least he died. At least he died doing what he loves—jacking j- off while choking himself in a closet.
1: Did you ever hear Adam Carolla talking about the whole thing? No. Where he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't understand. Like back, back in like the old Hollywood days, like people never would have known that David Carradine died, strung up in a closet. He's like, you know, the housekeeping would have found him. They would have been shocked and then they would have taken him out and laid him on the bed and dressed him up in a red white and blue gee pair of nunchucks in his hand <laughs> and, and the story would have been that he died of a heart attack fighting off an intruder <laughs> uh anything else about this movie i guess before we uh well,
3: i uh, i feel like we've on. been bashing it I, I i don't think i hated it um,
1: I didn't hate it either. It's just,
3: I just watching the two back to back. I think one was so much better. And yeah, it it really feels like this movie was just like they took the previous movie and were like, how could we make this more '80s? And they just kept doing that until they went a little too far. Yeah, yeah. It but just it, was,
2: I, it, it had issues, and like I said, that that the aesthetic of those lifetime movie of the week things there's just yeah. something about it that just gets all my hackles up i just I hate them
3: i think a lot of the performances too aren't great they're 80s tv performances which generally don't hold up i do think shawnee smith stands out in the crowd mm-hmm. as like yeah. a really good performance compared to everybody else but the rest of them it just feels like 80s tv acting and
1: i don't, I don't feel like that. Candace Cameron's terrible I think she's no. good at what, what she's being given uh, I think she shines the most when they recreate that scene where she's prank calling the lady and being like oh my dad yeah. didn't pick me up like she's really good in that scene but
3: that's uh, her best moment by far yeah I just can't help
2: but watch it and be like do you think she's already a religious psychopath <laughs> at this at this age Do you think they had already got to her? Or do you think she uh, got worse
3: with age?
1: No, because I don't think Kirk Cameron was this uh, was that crazy at this point yet.
3: He like turned during the Growing Pains years, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he made life on set hell for everybody. So, good times. We should do a Growing Pains episode.
2: Or or
1: we could not do that. (laughs) I'm not a big Growing Pains fan. Kirk, Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas, it is.
3: Well, didn't we, how about didn't Alf, we once try to we're put gonna, a, we're d- do a movie shows? We did a movie with Boner TV in it. it once, didn't we? Just because we thought it was funny. We teamed it up with the one with Skippy Hamilton in it.
1: Is that you and Scott, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. That, that kid that played Boner. He killed himself, too. That sucks.
3: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> A we lot of stop talking. We're just gonna keep getting back to different actors. Just killed digging. Themselves. Just digging a hole. Let's let's go to break.
0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at mndriveinpod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
1: Uh, alright. Did anybody else watch anything?
3: Yeah, who watched Space this week?
2: I, I, I watched very literally only, uh... Not enough worth talking about. Um I, uh, I this, watched this one more
1: short episode. Oh my god.
2: One one more episode of the stand in which okay. my complaints still hold true and the good stuff still holds true. So I don't know where that's putting me. I'm I'm probably gonna finish out the season just to see. I don't know if it'll be worth watching another season. Yeah. Uh and then I watched a stand-up special called Nanette on uh Netflix. Which kind of got recommended because Char listens to uh, what's that comedian's name? Mike Birbiglia's podcast.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
2: And, and he was interviewing this chick, and it's it's really good, but it's complicated. So it's like, <laughs> well, like the first seventy five percent is just you know, it's just straight up comedy. It's this um, kind of androgynous lesbian comedian who uh, was born in Tasmania doing fairly funny comedy stuff for three quarters of it and then at the end it kind of takes a little bit of a hard turn and gets real real serious but it's still real good I don't know it's one of those things that I think people should watch it hmm. Because she kind of weaves comedy in with some very serious issues, and then kind of goes to town on it at the end. Because I don't do you guys know anything about uh, gay rights in Tasmania? No,
3: no, I'm not up to date on that one.
2: Yeah, so y- being gay was still illegal up to like 1997. Oh, that's so clever. yeah, so bad, bad is what it is.
3: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I'm not in favor of that controversial stance. Right. <laughs>
2: right and and so i I don't know listening listening to this person talk from the perspective of not just not just being in a uh a mitigated class of people but somebody who grew up in a society that was just abjectly against their existence and how bad that is for you health-wise like what it does to your fucking brain but it's it's really it's it's good. It's worth watching. I highly recommend it. Hmm. All right. That's it. That's it. That's everything I want other than WandaVision. Which I watched three times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get there. What about you, Doug?
3: Let's see uh I got a little more than that to talk about. Um, first thing I watched Well, I finished my space to rewatch that I had started last week. I finished that like <laughs> a few hours after we were done the podcast
1: so is this like four <laughs> weeks in a row or we talked about space
3: yeah but I, I won't say anything more about it just we, we did enough um, but I, I feel like you know I don't want to leave people hanging I said I was halfway through season two last week so I did finish it up
1: and skip to the end which I like to use that on my wife every once in a while like when she's talking Yeah, she's, she's not a big fan of that
3: no? no she doesn't like it
1: when you tell her that no. she's explaining something and I'm just like and skip to the end and she just looks at me like I want to slap you in the face so bad right now <sighs> anyways <laughs>
3: guess we are going to just have a spaced corner <laughs> want to hear about some movies I watched though? I did watch some movies sure time. sure um, so I watched a movie called Blackway it's from uh, 2016, and it's uh, it's you're you know your old man. Something goes wrong, and you know he he still has one fight left in him. Uh, but in this case, the old man is Anthony Hopkins, so I thought I'd give it a shot. And mm. it's it's basically set in this like small like logging town, and uh, there's Anthony Hopkins plays this like semi-retired logging guy and. There's this former cop uh, played by Ray Liotta what? that is just kind of like cop turned local criminal mastermind who runs like all the local drug dealing and shit. And basically this black guy has been harassing uh, Julia Stiles. So she goes looking for somebody to help her and eventually it's uh, no, nobody will help her. So Anthony Hopkins' character steps up and they spend most of the movie just trying to track this guy down. So that they can, it starts with, we're going to talk to him. And then they're like, well, if you're going to talk to him, why are you bringing a gun? And why are you all this, right? Um, So it's pretty good if you like that type of movie. I do like that type of movie. That sort of old guy that has one fight left in him trope Mm -hmm. works for me quite often.
1: Um, Yeah, I know uh, you watched another version of that that I was pretty excited to chat about
3: yeah I did we'll get to it in a minute because it's it's my yeah. favorite in the in the subgenre you know but
1: yeah yeah
3: you know, if if you like this sort of thing it's just a' it's sort of a thriller I was a little worried with Anthony Hopkins being in a 2016 movie that there'd be some you know real cheesy cutaways to a much younger uh stunt man. but they don't do that you know they have a, what they do is they have one of his co-workers from the sawmill that joins up with him a younger guy that can do some of that like actual physical punching and stuff that they need done and uh so yeah pretty good you know um again a a little bit a little bit uh, predictable i guess in the way things play out because you kind of you know who the good guys are at the beginning of the movie and you've seen movies before (laughs)
1: probably (laughs) if you're if you're a fan of this podcast you've probably seen a couple movies
3: you've probably seen a movie before i i guess most people have seen movies before so but uh, yeah i enjoyed it um not a a lot to say about it i think what saves it from being just you know your typical direct-to-dvd type movie is really the performances because you've got hopkins and styles and ray liotta so it's like significantly better than um what you would expect from kind of a lower budget version of the story and uh the one storytelling technique they use that i do like is they kind of have it starts with girl looking for help because she's being harassed but as they go through and they're like looking for the guy and they meet up with different people you sort of get these flashbacks telling stories of what this guy has done to other people to just let you know how evil the ray Liotta character is um obviously the first sign is that he's played by ray leota like it's not really i don't think you can really hide that he's evil at that point he's not going to be the good guy of the movie at the end but uh yeah, it worked for me
1: nice
3: um and then for some reason after that i decided to re-watch a 2009 grindhouse movie called run bitch run i don't know what enticed me to I. but have you ever had a weird moment like that where I'm like I remember that movie that I saw once like a decade ago I should see if it's available on of the streaming services. hey there it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: like all right so um, do you, have you guys ever seen what? it or anything
1: I have not seen it
3: okay so it's I think I, I
1: think I wanted to and then I just never did and then at some point you're just like well I'm probably never watching that movie so yeah
3: it's uh, do you guys remember that like in like the mid two thousands there was like I guess it was post like Grindhouse coming out in theaters, there was like that kind of revival of like real grimy, just disgusting, unredeemable yeah. films that came out.
1: Yeah. There was yeah. it seems like there was another one. What the fuck was it called?
3: This was like it was around the time of the Ice Spit in Your Grave remake and things like that. Um, well, I think there
1: was one that was like smack that bitch or something.
3: Yeah, something like that. I never saw that one. I don't think. There was one oh. called like Red, White, and Blue as well. That was sort of the same sort of just like again, just dirty, grimy, gross. Lots of unnecessary nudity and inappropriate speaking. And,
1: uh, yeah. Bitch slap. That was the name of it.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: But um, yes. Yeah. So, anyways, so apparently that's the kind of movie I I see once and go I should watch that again because that had no redeeming qualities whatsoever.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs>
3: And Sometimes yeah, you just need what you need, man. Yeah. And anyways, I, on that level of just like, oh, this is just gross and disgusting. And there's absolutely no good reason for anything to be happening. Like the plot line is literally two school girls are traveling around selling Bibles to raise money for their school. Cause like, why not lay it on real thick? How sweet and innocent these girls are. <laughs> and then they uh, they run afoul of like a gang of criminals and get uh it's basically they get one gets murdered the other one gets raped and they think they kill her but she survives and comes back to uh, exact revenge um, so pretty typical grindhouse plotline but it is I think done in a way that it is meant to pay homage to the the classics of the uh of the disgusting irredeemable f- film subgenre, <laughs> like the, the the main group of bad guys is like i think a, a direct tribute to the last i was the left group with the two guys and the girl and then there are shots after the one girl has been raped and they they've, they've left her for dead there's shots where she's wandering through the woods that are very reminiscent of i spit on your grave and then she like started the movie in a schoolgirl uniform then she walks around naked for a while then for her revenge spree she comes back in the typical nurse's uniform that is uh, associated with that Swedish Grindhouse movie that's name I can't think of right now Tarantino references it a lot in his films Yeah. so you know I think it's pretty obvious what they were doing there and I don't think I remembered that from the first time I watched it so kind of interesting that they were able to make like a make an entry in the Grindhouse subgenre while also paying tribute to the ones that had come before it in such a hands on kind of way. So
0: mm-hmm.
3: if you're ever in the mood for that sort of thing, then you can this is probably a a good movie. But it's not. And maybe don't maybe don't watch <laughs> yeah. it with the wife, Brian. That's I guess what I'm saying. If she was offended yeah. by your other joke, this probably one's probably not for her.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean she probably wouldn't find it interesting, but she wouldn't really care about. No whatever. All right. She 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 would just be like this is boring. I'm going to the bedroom to watch something else.
3: So then uh yeah. So my follow up to that was a sort of modern day take on a Not entirely different story, but uh way less grindhousey, more thriller oriented. <laughs> Which uh 2020 movie called Alone. Have you guys heard of this one? No. So uh story is real basic. You know girl is her husband has just died so she's moving and as she's driving across country she runs afoul of this guy he kidnaps her she escapes and the last like 45 minutes of the runtime is basically he's chasing her through the woods and she's you know believe it or not she hurts her foot and then she falls in a cold river and all the things that would happen when you're running through the woods so not original plotline wise as well but um really solid atmosphere so it's it works on that level where it's just like if you're if you're into that sort of typical thriller it really works uh, very intense there's a there's even a scene where fucking she meets up with like another hunter and you're like okay it's pretty obvious like i've I've seen this type of movie enough times we know where this is headed right she's gonna meet up with this other hunter she's gonna think she's saved but she's not really All right um and it's, it's it works really well because you've got good performances and great atmosphere going. So, not much to say about it, but it's a huge recommend. It's probably, the, like, of the movies we've talked about so far, it's the best of them, objectively speaking. If uh, people are interested in that in that type of, sort of boy-meets-girl, boy-kidnaps-girl type thriller, then you can uh, track that one down. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, again, kind of hard to describe exactly what you like about it when it's just the same story that's been done a hundred times but this one is just done better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it uh, usually depends on the filmmaker. Sometimes I can take a tired plot and add some spin to it.
3: I forget who made this one but I feel like it was like I could be way off base because I didn't write this down and I don't have anything open in front of me or anything like that but I think it was like a Scandinavian filmmaker who Made movies over there, and this was kind of his American. I don't know if it was his debut or if it was.
1: Uh, John Hyams?
3: Does that make me sound right or wrong? <laughs>
1: uh, he was a producer on NYPD Blue back in the day.
3: Okay, so clearly no. no. That must be one of the other movies I watched. Must be the guy I'm thinking of then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, apparently he's. Could it be directing the remake of
3: Maniac Cop? That's weird. I mean, based on my minimal knowledge of the guy, which is I watched one of his movies, it doesn't translate to Maniac Cop, but maybe they're uh, going for a different vibe with the remake.
1: Looks like he did the last couple Universal Soldier movies.
3: Oh, yeah. That helps. Yeah, right? (laughs) Because of how everybody saw the last couple of Universal Soldier movies. (laughs) Although, actually, I've heard really good things about them. I've heard that it was sort of a return to
1: form in that series. Well, he did Regeneration, which was the one where Van Damme came back to the series. And I don't think that was very good. I think Goldberg is no, in that one.
3: Yeah, no, that one wasn't good. That's I think that's the only Universal Soldier sequel that I've seen. Because like, it was funny that Van Damme came back, and it wasn't.
1: Oh, no, it's, that's not the one. But,
3: oh,
1: okay. I mean, it's not the one with Goldberg in it. I think it's the one right after that, but... uh. Still, yeah, I don't I, think it was a good one. I feel like I, if I think the it's the one that I wouldn't have watched it. So, Day of Reckoning. I think it's the one that everybody was kind of talking about. Yeah, this looks like the one. So, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't matter. For some reason, we're going into a John Himes, uh retrospective. <laughs> <That's>,
3: <laughs> it's just that's how we do. It's not that surprising.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, the next movie is the one I think you're excited to talk about, which is Harry yeah. Brown
1: harry brown this movie is fucking awesome i love this movie
3: yeah it's so fucking good for people who don't know it's uh michael Caine, is just an old man who's sick of the crime in his neighborhood so he just decides to do something about it um (laughs) and it's fucking awesome and it's mainly awesome because it's michael Caine, and he's so good and it's you know he's able to there are scenes where you are really genuinely frightened by him. There's scenes where you're like really sympathetic for, towards him. Like the, the scene where uh, where the, the cop comes, so his friend has been killed, and the cop comes over and asks him if he's in the middle of a chess game because there's a board set up. And he's like reveals that he's just been like studying old chess matches, which sounds like the most boring hobby in the world to me. <laughs> and then. Right? It takes the cop a minute to come to the realization, though, that like, oh, you don't have anyone to play with anymore because your friend got stabbed the other day, and it's like, yeah, the look on his face is just like it's—he's yeah. so—he's just a great actor. Which I mean, it's not—I think we've probably said that before. It's not really, like, yeah. Like Michael Michael yeah. Caine being a great actor is not like a big revelation that yeah. I'm bringing to the conversation. What? <laughs> and not a controversial statement. No. Have you seen this one, Noah?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I have not. No, you you, you really should. should. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I love, so the backstory for Harry Brown is he was in World War II. I think that's the, was that the assumption or was it like Korea or right. something?
3: They don't say. They say he was in the Marines. Yeah. And there's yeah. a there's a scene where he basically makes it pretty clear that he did kill some people and he just doesn't like to talk about it because
1: yeah yeah he basically describes it like yeah i did all this horrible shit during the war and then the war was over so i had to sort of sh- shut that part of my brain down so i could come back to my wife and you know live a normal life yeah, and that door has been closed and then yeah all these punks like tear up his neighborhood and kill his friend and he, there's just that scene where you see it and he's like, all right, I got to open up that door again. And yeah. he just goes from this nice, like old man to one of the most terrifying people, like just in the look in his face yeah. that you can imagine. <laughs> I'm just like,
3: fuck. It's awesome too because they, they do it really well where it's like, there's that scene where he's like torturing that guy. Spoiler mm. alert, he tortures a guy. Um, but... <laughs> and the guy's like i can show you what you want to see i've got the video on my phone and he hands his phone over and then harry brown has to give him the phone back and be like yeah show me how to make a video play because he doesn't know how (laughs) and i'm like stuff like that is though it's like it it really makes you feel like this is this like feeble old man who's just got that like little bit left inside him that you know what i mean whatever Rocky Balboa was talking about in his speech in part 6 about that whatever you still got left in you and you just got need that one last fight and it, it works yeah. So I, yeah I love that movie I'm a little bothered by the ending when they the, the sort of implication that all of his murdering and stuff we've talked about this before like yeah like should you be encouraging the message that yeah the vigilanteism totally worked after he shot and killed all those dudes and caused riots and shit <laughs> look at how much cleaned up the town is it's like, a ah. guy right but it's a movie so
1: yeah
3: like, yeah it's it just
1: Michael Caine going to war with punks and drug dealers yeah. and yeah.
3: Just, That one scene where he shot the guy in the stomach and he's standing over and telling the guy stories about how when he was in war he saw guys get shot in the stomach and how long it took them to bleed out and shit. And the guy's just sitting at his feet bleeding out in front of him having to listen to this. And I'm like, you're not just doing this because the neighborhood's gone bad. You're doing this because you kind of like...
1: Yeah, it's it's good. Makes me want to rewatch it.
3: I already want to rewatch it and I just watched it, so yeah what else did i watch anything else i
0: don't know don't oh
3: me. yeah yeah uh, you're supposed to know that's why i put it up on the internet so that you can <laughs> remind me if i forget it <laughs> yeah I, I needed some background noise and uh so i had a threw silence of the lambs on because i'd been thinking about because yeah it was because anthony hopkins i'd watched his movie and then in alone it has the uh the guy that plays the doctor in Silence of the Lambs has is, is a small role in that. So I'm like, oh, okay. I've got those two guys in my head now. I'll, I'll put that on while I'm doing things around the house. And no, I didn't. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins started talking the first time Lecter came on screen. And I'm like, oh, just sitting down and watching this, I guess. <laughs> and uh, holy fuck, it's a good movie. Uh, again, controversial opinion. That, os- that movie that won the uh, Oscar for Best Picture, that's a really good movie. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I have the uh, Criterion release of it. I haven't watched it, though. Like, I've seen the movie, obviously, but I'm just saying I haven't specifically pulled that version out just to kind of jump into all the stuff that's on there.
3: I mean, there are a a couple of scenes in it, um, which are a little too 90s. (laughs) A little, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit too much of that gloss on it, and you're like... Like, the scenes where he's actually doing some of the killing, and you're like, I don't... If this movie had been made later these would be really dark disturbing scenes and if this movie had been made a little earlier these would be real fun scenes but because it was made in the 90s they're just a little bit off Um, Mm -hmm. not nearly enough to to justify criticizing a movie this good Um,
1: Um, since I was talking earlier about all the dumb shit that I say to my wife all the time mm -hmm. uh, sometimes if she's talking about somebody I'm like oh so and so at work did this this or whatever I'll just I'll just break out the uh, oh yeah, she a big old fat person. <laughs> <Disgust>. <laughs> she doesn't she just kinda of looks at me like no. Like, oh I thought she's a big old fat person.
3: <laughs> well Since since you're talking about how the women in this movie are described by serial killers <laughs> The one thing I really noticed watching this movie again and I, like, I don't know if it's just, just watching it through 2021 eyes, is how progressive it is in the handling of the fact that it's like a young female FBI agent. Um, they manage to, they don't ignore it. It's not like the fact that she's a young, attractive female is not part of the plot line, but they also don't exploit it at all. And there's a lot of really solid messaging in there where she, she recognizes that people are looking at her differently because of her, you know, her gender. And it doesn't it doesn't go, like, full feminazi the way, like, like, we've talked about, like, modern Black Christmas, which I haven't technically seen, but I'm pretty sure I know, I know what the messaging, how subtle it is in that, just based on trailers yeah. and stuff. And it's like, but they do, like, there's a moment where, like, so her boss wants everyone else out of the room, so he tells them, oh, we shouldn't talk about this stuff in front of the girl kind of thing. And then later on, he like we get a lot a shot of her face when you tell she's really bothered by it. And later on, there's just this moment in the car where he's like, you know, it, that wasn't about you. That was about getting them out of the room. I was just trying to figure out a way to talk to those guys that would make them listen. And she stops and points out, like, no, but you can't do that because they look to you to learn how to act since you're the head guy in the room. And if you talk that way, they all think that that's acceptable and it's really not. And he just kind of looks at her and goes, point taken. Like he doesn't argue back and he doesn't like, he acknowledges that she's correct and she is correct. And it's like, that's and then they just kind of move on. She goes back to recording her notes about the incident and he goes and takes a nap, literally. And it's like, that's how you do it. That's how you get those messages into your movie. Which is a positive message without alienating the audience, like that's yeah. that's what a good filmmaker can do. So, uh, you know, rather than me talking about how how like fun it is to watch Hannibal kill people and stuff,
0: <laughs>
3: that's that's what I took away from it this time, which is a little different than what I, I usually think of when I'm thinking about this. So, but uh, that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it for me. That's what I watched this week. It's a good selection. Yeah, it it was a really solid week of actual good movies for once. It's kind of (laughs) weird. I'm not sure how to handle that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I only watched two movies this week. Uh, So I watched a movie about a government agency using time-shifting technology to uh, stop the world from ending. Uh, starring a Washington, does, it, does anybody know what movie this is? Uh,
2: Are you
3: about you Deja Vu?
1: Vu? <laughs> no, this time I'm actually talking about Tenet. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> You're very clever, though.
1: You really have I this know. People love, people love your humor. People love my little ruses to get people to say other movies.
0: Well, um, plus, plus, didn't
1: you talk about Deja Vu last week? So it's kind I of a, did. a joke. I did. <laughs> That's why I did it again. That was clever. that was the joke you're, in and of itself. You're you're yeah. a clever fuck. I hate you. Yeah,
3: I know. We all think it's.
1: Um, yeah, everybody's laughing the <laughs> storm. I can tell. Uh, so I finally watched Tenet because I was not going to go see it in the theater. Uh, um, and uh, I don't know, just hadn't got around to it. Ended up picking it up because it was on sale for like ten bucks or something a couple weeks ago. Um. So I liked it? Question mark. Okay. Uh, it's got some interesting stuff, but man, sometimes I'm just like, we could probably move this along a little bit. Um, which seems to be kind of the problem with Nolan lately. Just like some of his shits like almost three hours long, and it's just like, come on, man, we don't need three hour movies.
3: Yeah, three hours are not necessarily justified at being three hours.
1: Yeah. Um, So I found the idea interesting um, about sort of an object or a person can be... uh, What's the fucking phrase they use? Um, Essentially have their... Inverted. uh, Inverted, that's what it is. They can be inverted. So their path through time is reversed. Which I find an interesting concept, uh, especially for objects, like bullets and stuff. Like The idea that these bullets are trapped in this wall and then don't escape until he fires the gun and then they go into the gun is interesting and weird. Don't know if it necessarily makes a lot of sense, but sure. Um, The uh, people being inverted is pretty interesting. Especially when they don't explain, like, a lot of stuff that's going on in some scenes. And you'll just see a random person in the background running backwards. Yeah. person that's not even involved with what's going on in the scene.
3: Well, they are. We just don't know how they're involved yet.
1: Yeah. Um, So that stuff's kind of cool. I don't know if, like, the story's all that great. Like, it's okay. But, uh, I don't know feel like there could be a better sort of story of this guy's introduction into this weird uh, I don't know society would be the right word, but organization and how they're using all this technology and how that works and whatever else, but uh, it's alright. It's got some interesting ideas. I'm not upset that I watched it. It's just uh, maybe not the uh, the best Movie, I don't know. Not that I guess anybody really thinks it's the best movie. It's just
3: yeah. I I think I'm a little more positive on it than you are, but I totally understand like what you're saying. Where it's like it, I want to watch a movie that's as good as this movie thinks it is. Yeah, you know, like I, and that's not to say that it's bad. It's just it clearly thinks it's better than it is, and it.
1: Like, the entire last, I'll say, what, like, half an hour, maybe? Like, the big final battle is great and incredible. And they actually use a lot of the pieces that they've set up throughout the movie really well. It's just some of the stuff leading up to it is just sort of like, all right, I get it. Like, why are we we drawing all this stuff out as long as as you think that it needs to be drawn out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't
3: know. Uh, Yeah, like, I agree with you. If it's just an action movie, why is it three hours long? Mm. Right, which is effectively what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh could be better, could be worse. But yeah. You know. It's Christopher Nolan. And I agree. I've I've never really had problems with people have been complaining uh about his sound mixes, like on the Dark Knight R- Rises and whatever. And I never had a huge problem with any of them but this one I noticed it completely like the dialogue super low and you can can barely hear them sometimes and then everything else is just just like deafening it's just like man you need you need a better sound mix on that
3: yeah I didn't I found this sound annoying and that big like booming noise that just keeps happening throughout the movie and you're like "I, I didn't need that yeah but.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other movie I watched was *Annihilation*. Um, Natalie Portman, her husband. Oh,
3: right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Goes uh, missing or whatever, and then comes back, and turns out there's something wrong with him. She goes to check out, or her... she taken. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Oh, she's taken. there in an ambulance. They get to a hospital, and then she's kind of abducted. And then she wakes up in a government facility, and they're outside of what they call the Shimmer, which is a very uh, awesome-looking barrier that they don't really understand what it is and whatever. Uh, and uh, she goes with the group to check it out and see what's going on. And turns out this area is, like, uh, stuff, physics and stuff, something. Sometimes is weird and it's mutating the plants and the animals inside and all kinds of stuff and of course weird shit happens uh i thought it was okay uh originally when the trailers came out like i was not excited about it other people were like oh man i can't wait to see that movie and i'm like really like i'm not i don't know it's not capturing my imagination so after like what was it two years of people talking about how good it is i finally checked it out and I don't know if it's that Kid. Like, it's okay.
3: I liked it. Um, yeah. I, like, I don't think it... Like, when you talk about it being a, a great movie, I don't know if i put it in that category, but... I, yeah. A lot of the, I just, the cool, monstery things were neat, in that world that existed behind that, whatever mm-hmm. film was. Like, it was all cool yeah, to look at shit. and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff was cool. I just... I don't know. I just was not uh, captured by it. Um, Which I was a little disappointed because uh, the director's last film, Ex Machina, I was a big fan of. But. Yeah, it's a much better, much better movie. Yeah, this just didn't capture my imagination. And then, uh, sort of, after the ending and stuff. I don't know. I felt like I've seen other movies do sort of similar things better. So maybe I just wasn't, uh, I don't know. Didn't, didn't capture my imagination like, like I'd hoped, I guess. So I seen sort it in of, a
3: while, but I, I did like it. I think again, I'm a little more positive than you, but not necessarily. I think we're on kind of the same page.
1: I'm wondering if I saw in the theater, if I would like it better. Um, watching it, you know, late at night on my big TV is fine. But I'm wondering if I was, like, sort of entrenched in, like, the theater. You know, it's dark, the giant screen, giant sound system. No uh, no other distractions, really. Maybe I would have been pulled into it a little bit more. But...
3: Yeah. No, I watched it at home, so.
1: Well, then fuck me, I guess. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures
3: we've scheduled in the near future.
1: Uh, all right, Doug, what are we doing next week?
3: oh yeah shit (laughs) (laughs) hang on (laughs) forgot that was my job (laughs) (laughs) um let's fuck it let's go there why not we're gonna do uh we're gonna get around to doing ghost dog next week
1: oh ghost dog
3: ghost dog get it off the list Got to understand what we've been talking to each other about for months.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think any of us have seen it, right? I nope. haven't. No. I, no. I feel All like right. it's
2: just going to destroy the mystique of Ghost Dog.
3: That's actually
2: kind of the goal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we stop making Ghost Dog jokes? That's what I'm shooting uh. for here. <laughs> Uh, or is it going to make l- the jokes
3: worse? You don't know. It's
2: going to say little. Do you It's know. impossible to know. It's, there's going to be so many more Ghost Dog jokes.
3: It's just me setting it up because I know next week it's going to be all Ghost Dog jokes. But
0: <laughs> after
3: that, we don't. Um, we teamed it up with the film Dead Man from 1995. Oh. Yeah.
1: because they were both, both uh... directed
3: by Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, movies. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, he made both those movies, and uh, this is sort of a spiritual sequel to the previous Jim Jermush episode we did, or I did, which when you guys were both off for the week, I liked those movies, so I'm hoping all like these movies. let extend to the logic of why we're picking them.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, is it Wandavision time? It
3: seems to be. Yeah.
1: Uh, so we're going to talk about WandaVision. This is going to be a spoilery discussion. Um, so if you haven't watched the show yet, now would be a good time to shut it off. Um, and we're going to be talking about last week's episode. Which, by the time you're listening to this, would be the last two episodes.
2: Yeah, Spoilers like a motherfucker, yo. Uh,
1: so this, this was sort of a uh, catch-up of what's been going on outside of Westview during this whole uh situation um and it starts off pretty rad of uh what the fuck's her name is it monica
2: monica rambo
1: sort of uh reappearing after the snap or the reverse snapper or... what do they call it the blip
3: the de-snapping
1: yeah the de-snapping i like that better um which i really like the scene cuz i just love the chaos of it of just especially in a fucking hospital
2: <laughs> I, I was going like to say i like i like the fact that they finally did that because mm. you know that we the only other unsnappings we've got to see was in uh Spider-Man where you know it was all played up for mostly comedy yeah but people have been talking forever about all the problems of, like, what happened to people that were inside of airplanes? Did they just yeah. reappear in the air and fall to their deaths? <laughs> what What happened Absolutely. to the person that was in the middle of a heart transplant? Yeah,
3: yeah. we should have got that scene. That'd be awesome. <laughs> if only Cronenberg had directed this episode. <laughs> just, <laughs> the guy just reappears with his chest ripped open.
1: Yeah, so got to see all that got to see monica go back to work at sword um none of her fucking credentials work which is kind of funny uh we got to see jimmy woo as yep. i learned his name was so for chat because noah chastised me for not knowing his name
2: he's so of important
1: all pe- of all people <laughs> to chastise me about forgetting a character's name it's fucking noah
2: I just so so the thing about Jimmy Woo that chaps my ass is I I think he's one of those characters that people don't get that he actually is a comic book character and not just a random inserted guy. <laughs> Ugh, and he's and he's been around since like fuck 50 I don't know mid 50s. So he's been around for a fucking long ass time.
1: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I did remember that he, who he was, until I watched a video about Easter eggs after I watched the episode.
3: Really?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I only saw. Character. I only saw Iron Man and the Wasp once, and I don't even know if I was completely in love with it. So I completely forgot about it. All right. Yeah. Um,
3: I really, I, I think he's really good in the role, and
1: he's. Well, I think he's good.
2: He's plays, he plays the dad on Fresh Off the Boat, and yeah. I I'm very quickly becoming a huge fan of his.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's been around forever. Like I just literally posted <laughs> while we were recording. Um, posted a meme somebody had posted uh, about uh, how it was a, a fantastic week for John Krasinski because he hosted SNL and he was on uh WandaVision which that joke goes back to an office episode where he pays and he pays this <laughs> this actor to be Jim was convinced Dwight that he's always that, been Asian
3: and that was the same actor
1: same actor yeah Yeah. so um and then he was in uh the interview that big weird remember when that was a controversy yeah
3: for I, making I still have not seen that.
1: Eh, yeah, it's alright.
3: It's I pretty funny. If you... If, you, if you like those guys, it's funny. It's them doing
1: their yeah. thing. Yeah, it's it's not one of their top tier movies, but it's alright.
3: Yeah, I was gonna uh, say I think
2: that's the problem I have at this point. They just keep making the same fucking movie over and over again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes they do.
2: <laughs> so I, I feel like I've already seen it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm guessing right. there's a bunch of pot jokes.
1: Uh, I think a lot less than you would think there would be. Yeah, but it's just it's just James Franco being the doofus and Seth Green being you know the smarter one, I guess, and then Seth Rogen, yeah, or Seth Green, Seth Rogen, sorry.
3: It does. This, my Seth favorite Green would be a better the, movie. Yeah, it probably <laughs> would be. <laughs> my favorite joke in the interview is when uh, they're like they're trying to meet to, with a. Uh, Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Yeah, Kim Jong Un, and uh, they're like, we can't, we can't discuss this. Do do the, uh, we can't discuss this over the phone. Do the risk of foreign governments intercepting it. And they make him fly all the way to China, then they just get out of a helicopter and they're like, yeah, we'll do the interview. And they get back in, and he's like, they're met at some like weird location in China that he had to fly to <laughs> and then hike up a mountain. <laughs> and he's like, you're just gonna leave me here? <laughs> I didn't pack right for this. I didn't know where I was going. Don't just leave me. <laughs> it's probably my favorite moment in the uh, movie. Uh,
1: well, we should also mention Return of Cat uh, Denny's character from the yep. Thor movies.
3: Yeah. Which
1: I was kind of happy with. I think her character is kind of funny. and
3: Yeah, I liked her and, uh, her and the Jimmy Woo playing off each other. I thought it was really fun. Uh, the, which
1: people... The... App- people have been pushing like an x-files type show with them um, investigating so, stuff I
3: don't, I, i'm i in favor of it I, except for the fact that my god can we fit any more shows in <laughs>
2: i i actually i i have a very firm belief that jimmy woo is going to end up playing a way bigger part than that think so i th- i think they're setting up agents of atlas almost certainly and I don't I don't know if it'll be a TV show or a movie, but it sure feels like that's what they're pressing, because there's been the whole uh in the episode there's multiple times where Sword is kind of treating Jimmy Woo like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, even though he's an accomplished FBI agent who's worked with superheroes previously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just feel like they're they're edging that way that he's going to go off and form this team of fucking bizarre-ass superheroes. I don't know if you ever read that I've comic. It's, it's fucking weird. I did not. It's an interesting... It is an interesting team, to say
1: the least. On uh, Comicsology, they were having a big sale, so I bought the entire run of uh, Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. Oh, the best. Try to read that. I've read the first, like, trade, but it never got any of the other ones so
2: i think i i argue it is the best comic book run of all time i think it's better than
1: watchmen i guess we'll see um i don't know any other moments because from here it's just a lot of like tuning into the tv frequency that's coming out of the town
3: right yeah we, I, we kind of get the whole story told again from the outside perspective which yeah. i think they do a pretty good job of it and get kind of get everybody caught
2: up yeah i did see a bunch more uh yellow suspiciously amli hazmat suits
1: mm-hmm. i did like to we saw the the guy in a hazmat suit sent in through the sewer and then as soon as he hits the barrier literally turns into a beekeeper suit <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I definitely thought so. This is the best episode of the show so far. I like leaps and bounds, and it doesn't have the main characters in it.
1: Sure, I mean it's the exposition episode, so we get a lot more, a lot more blanks filled in of kind of what's going on. Yeah. Right, which pe- people were complaining that I guess this wasn't episode one, which is stupid. But
2: I well, I don't think you'd want it to be episode so here's here's my opinion. This should be an hour-long show, which I'll say every fucking time I have to say it. It should be an hour-long show, and the first two episodes should have been you know, episode, or sorry, the first episode should have been one and two smooshed together into one hour-long episode. And
3: this should have been the second half of episode two. Yeah, well, yeah I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the way they've done it. I like that we're you know, now we're advancing the plot line wise, but I had no problem with the way it was handled. I like that the first couple of episodes were the real length of a an old sitcom. I like the way that played out.
1: Except
2: now we're out of that and there's still thirty minutes with eight and a half minutes of credits.
3: Well, yeah, you don't have to watch all the credits if you don't want to.
2: Yeah, but my my complaint isn't the eight and a half minutes of credits. It's the fact that the actual episode's twenty two minutes long.
3: Right, but that's again, if they're meant to be old TV shows, that's how long old TV shows are.
2: That's fine, but this episode wasn't meant to be an episode of an old TV show. Uh, so that uh, so that argument so that argument no longer holds. Well, I don't. Know. That's how long they have made it. it's just. I don't know. Like I said, it's just too short. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad show but every fucking week I'm sitting there watching and getting so into it and then the credits start rolling and I'm like god fucking damn it like <laughs> I feel like I just sat down
3: and it's already over again
1: well consider that they're doing their job properly that you're that
3: excited about it yeah I like I've, I've been saying since they started Disney Plus that it's frustrating to me that we can't binge these shows but that's how they're doing it. So we could wait until it's all over and you could watch them all in a row.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with not binging, but I just, I need more. Like, <laughs> like a 22-minute 20, episode's just not... I don't not know. Ever. Get used
3: to it. Just, uh, h- h- hit up... They're going to uh, do Kevin, whatever they want. So.
1: Yeah, hit, hit up Kevin Feige on Twitter. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll take yeah. some notes. But Feige, make them episodes longer, bitch. <laughs> Uh, has anybody seen a promo for the rest of the uh, kind of next couple episodes coming up? Uh-uh. No.
3: I've been actually active well,
1: before. Oh, okay. Well, never mind.
3: It's just, uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. It, it's fine.
1: No, it's just they kind of show some of the TV, uh, TV show formats they're going to explore. So oh, okay. looks like we're going to get an 80s episode next, which is obvious and then uh, there's some point where it looks like they're going to do like an office uh, modern family type mockumentary style oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'm kind
2: of excited for that
1: there, there was a scene of Wanda kind of explaining her motivations like into the camera and it came off like you know office modern family sort of stuff so could be fun, could be interesting. We'll see how it goes.
2: I loved I love the fact that the uh they showed us that the little helicopter, the toy helicopter was a shield drone.
1: Mm. Yeah. 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 So that whenever stuff uh goes into to Westview, it sort of tries to acclimate itself to the style of whatever's going on. That's pretty interesting. I don't know.
2: Like I it's, it's by far the best episode just for so many reasons. I don't... It flows really well. It's got a good little story arc to it. The fact that they just brought back all these side characters is just fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I love that. uh her, her character's named Darcy? Is that it? Yes. Um, yes. I love that she's sort of advanced herself. So, because she was like a... Not an intern, but she was, you know...
3: Yeah, she was a student, and now she's got a
1: doctorate. Yeah, now she's got her doctorate. She makes sure to correct somebody when they call her Ms. whatever. And she's like, oh, that's doctor.
2: I did did love the fact that whenever they're in the back of the truck, she basically, like, figures out what's going on. And everybody's kind of pissed off. (laughs) Where she's, like, asking everybody their specialty, and she goes, oh, see, this guy physics, geology, chemistry I'm astrophysics <laughs> which means they have no fucking idea what they're dealing
1: with I like that we're, we're not supposed to talk to each other
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm looking at an article right now that the headline says WandaVision theory, Vision is actually Wonder Man yeah,
3: you oh, stay would. away from a lot of those theories because there's just so yeah. much out there and they're not based on anything
2: that would be a royally fucked up way to make that work. Yeah. doing it in reverse, basically, instead of Wonder Man's mind being put into Vision, it's yeah. Vision's mind getting crammed into Wonder
1: Man. No, it's going to be interesting. I know um, Elizabeth Olsen has said there's some pretty exciting stuff coming up. So
2: she she seemed to hint. That there is some kind of uh, Mandalorian Luke Skywalker Esque thing Yeah That there is going to be a, a cameo That absolutely no one knows about
1: Well my guess is Doctor Strange Because she's in the next Doctor Strange movie So my does guess would be
3: seem Like is that exciting enough to get people
1: I don't know I don't know Maybe Maybe in her mind it is, but yeah, I
2: was uh, my. I don't know. My guess would almost be it's going to be the introduction of a new character, but it's going to be played by some super famous fucking actor. Yeah,
3: well, even just putting aside the actor, if it is bringing in some big new character, that'd be a big deal.
2: William getting, William uh, Def- William Defoe is Mephistopheles.
1: Are we getting uh, Keanu Reeves as Wolverine? Is that what we're getting?
2: I see. <laughs> they would so I am actually not in favor of that casting but if they oh, did come that, on that would be an internet breaking type thing
3: <laughs> I, I don't think I have a lot of candy Reeves as Wolverine I'll tell you that come
2: uh, on I really really want them to find a short stubby muscular dude to play Wolverine I don't I don't particularly like tall Wolverine
1: no Hugh Jackman way too tall Way too tall I
3: mean, he, he was too tall for the role but he really He owned it so It, it was Everybody. fine
2: So he owned it and don't, and don't get me wrong I love Hugh Jackman and I don't think he did A bad job but Of all the Wolverine stuff We got how many movies total It's it's several and Of just Wolverine or Of, of movies with Hugh Jackman Wolverine in them
1: Oh, uh, I think he was up to 9 or 10 Nine or ten, time.
2: and maybe two of them are good movies.
3: Yeah, but maybe. he's good in all of them.
2: Yeah, he's he's fine. He's serviceable, but I don't I don't know people. I just find it bizarre that people are so attached to him whenever he's been involved in a majority of shitty movies with Wolverine. No, I,
3: people are attached to him and to the character, not to the movies that he's been in
2: right but why why that, that's that's the question i'm asking because why really why be attached good. to him whenever he keeps making shitty movies
3: but he doesn't keep making shitty movies they keep making shitty movies and he's really good in them
2: but he's the main part of those shitty movies they're still shitty movies but, they,
1: but they're not they're not shitty movies because of him
2: they're shitty movies i, because I, of I, the, I agree of the plot, but but i but character. i find that irrelevant if, if they brought in an actor to play James Bond and they made eight shitty James Bond movies with that guy in it and then they announced that they were going to recast him in the next one and everybody went, no, but he's such a good actor. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. They just made eight shitty movies. Let them do, do something else.
3: Well, you're not... I don't, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that people like him in the role and they like the character. And if, if that's a problem for you, I don't know what to tell you. Like, some people can like a character in a movie without liking the movie. I
1: mm. don't know. Mm. Um,
2: I just want at... to see Monica Rambo
1: fuck some shit up. Well, there is that too. Which uh, one theory I saw was uh, her being expelled out of uh, uh, Westview. She was still like had that red energy around her. And that that mixed with whatever the blip did to her might give her her superpowers. Uh,
2: I actually think that might be the cameo. I think it's going to be, what's her face? Uh, Captain Marvel? Yeah, Brie Larson. Because despite despite what everybody's saying, I think that uh, Marvel might be itching to drop that that character just because of the mixed reviews of how people feel about her
1: yeah
2: and to replace her with the Monica Rambeau version of Miss Marvel yeah I don't know which wouldn't necessarily be bad especially if they kill her in the next movie which they might supposedly Rogue's gonna be the bad guy so
1: which would be great because then they could have super powered Rogue which they didn't really have in the X-Men movies right Um, I was reading stuff about the, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Yeah, maybe. Completely forgot they were having a U.S. agent in it. Which, as a comic book nerd, I'm so excited about. How could you forget that? It's like the main plot thing. Because I just, I don't know, I haven't really thought about the series because we don't have anything. They haven't really put out, like, a trailer for it or nothing so i just kind of wasn't really thinking about it and i was like oh that's right u.s agents on it which has me excited i'm um,
2: almost wondering if uh if john bernithal isn't going to show up in that show i don't know because you know they did briefly try to replace captain america with the punisher yeah. it it is it turns out that was a bad idea because uh the Punisher is a psychotic murderer. <laughs> it's a bad. You, yeah, I, you probably don't say, wanting that guy be in the American Dream.
3: That that guy, the version of the Punisher that we had in that show it, as Captain America, is kind of funny to me. The idea that he's just. <laughs> They tried to get him to film videos for kids to show kids in detention. And he shoots the cameraman because he found something. He fucking shoplifted a Snickers bar on the way to the set. going to say, he just
2: bludgeons Batroc the Leaper to death with the shield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it part of the Civil War storyline? Isn't that why he took over? Or whatever? Yeah.
2: Well, ca- yeah. so Captain America died and then they went. They very, very quickly Went through multiple people trying to become Captain America Yeah. before we eventually got the Bucky Captain America, which was okay, which I still didn't mm-hmm. like because Bucky Captain America used guns. I'm a purist; I don't like Captain America yeah. uses well, not 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 necessarily using guns because captains use guns, but actually carrying guns all the time. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Oh,
2: huh. yeah. Let's we'll see. They've, said basically, they've already announced that's how the show ends. The show ends with the new Captain America being officially dubbed, basically. Mm-hmm. Weird.
1: Uh, there's something else I was going to say. I completely forgot what it was.
2: Oh, I was going to say, and they've got two perfectly good options that I'd be happy with. So I'd be good with Sebastian Stan or uh,
1: Mackie. Yeah, both would be good. What the fuck was I going to say? God damn it, it's going to bug me now. Oh, they... Uh, Apparently, what's his face, uh, Charlie Cox, filmed some stuff for Spider-Man Three. For whatever weird multiverse thing they're doing. Oh.
3: Huh. Yeah, we just gonna have to wait and see that what happens there. Cause yeah. I'm still like I I liked a lot of the Netflix stuff. Hmm. But I, I think it's either 100% canon or you get rid of it. And if it's 100% canon, it's going to be difficult to kind of edit that in at this point. Yeah. Not that I can't trust them to do it,
2: but I don't know. I, if they could just bring in so I I really liked Charlie Cox's version of Daredevil. I mm. really liked Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh as Punisher was great. And uh Luke Cage was pretty good. I, I'm a little on the fence of the last season. I wasn't a big fan of how they wrapped things up. I didn't like yeah. the way it.
1: Ended. I didn't even watch it, so yeah. Once I heard Captain or Captain, once I heard Luke Cage and Iron Fist got canceled, I didn't even bother watching their last seasons.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't I wasn't particularly happy with what they did with Jessica Jones, and I I don't know. Hopefully, Deadpool does really well. Yeah, because I don't think that you can do Jessica Jones justice without uh, crossing some. Uh, taboos into the harder R area, but, you know you can't have a superhero rape victim without rape being on the table, if that makes sense and and I doubt right now in a Disney movie they're going to let a character get raped uh, yeah, and they can just pretend that uh, Iron Fist didn't happen because that show was not done for <laughs> Yeah. Connie mm. Wing, how how is it that the best character in all of Iron Fist was Connie Wing? I don't I don't
3: fucking understand how that ends up being a thing.
1: Mm. Uh, I don't know. Anything else about WandaVision I guess.
3: No, it's it was a catch up episode, so it's kind of hard to talk. Uh, but I did I really liked uh, the episode. Um, I really liked mm. the getting caught up. I like say the the stuff in the hospital with her returning from the blip and all that, and getting back to work, and I feel like. All those people, which got back to work and was talking to everyone, that it was all going to matter, but we don't know how yet exactly. So,
2: yeah, it's weird. It is weird thinking that uh, Friday, this Friday, we'll already be halfway done. Yeah, I don't know. know. Maybe, and maybe that's the way they can keep the quality up by keeping these super short mini series style things. I just wish the individual, once again individual episodes need to be longer, but but besides that, I like the format. Even if they had to shorten it to like six, I would rather have six hour long episodes than like eight thirty minute episodes, if that makes sense. And we'll see.
3: Um maybe they'll maybe they're listening and they'll adjust the length of the episode by <laughs> tomorrow when it comes out. So.
1: Yeah, they're like well, Noah said <sighs> we better hurry up. We got like 16 minutes before it goes up in New York. Then they'll be like, is
2: that the crazy dude who wrote down the entire plot and series of movies for a 30 movie DC universe? (laughs) Yeah. That dude's weird. Fuck that guy.
0: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post. When you leave the theater.